So after our episode about the Pace Picante hoax, which was an epic and all-encompassing discussion of the hoax phenomenon, we kind of put the subject to bed for a while. Yeah, no new hoaxes. Not because they weren't happening, but because of how many the internet says something and it wasn't true stories do you want to do? But a few months ago, BuzzFeed's Charlie Warzel wrote an article where, in which he basically said, in reaction to 2013's incredible volume of internet hoaxes, 2014 was going to be the year of the viral debunk. The year that finding out the truth about something would be as popular as hoaxes seem to be in 2013. And uh, I feel like in some small part, the reason we haven't seen a massive hoax that's taken everybody for a ride so far in the first few months of this year is because people are more skeptical and there are more people out there trying to debunk them. I don't know. I think some people are more skeptical. I think that the world is still a place full of suckers and rubes who love to forward things. It's weird. In our actual interactions off of the microphone, I am an eternal pessimist. But when it comes to the spirit of the internet, I am always an optimist where you are a cynic. And part of the reason I feel this way is because a couple weeks ago, I came across a guy named Paolo Ordeveza. Paolo noticed that there are these Twitter accounts that are posting tons of images. The most popular one's called History and Pics, and it has 1.1 million followers. And the way they work generally is that there's not even a person running them. They just scrape Reddit and Imager and Flickr and grab images, sometimes Photoshopped, sometimes with captions that are misleading, rarely with attribution, and just throw them on Twitter. Even more discomforting for him, they're selling advertisements on their Twitter feed, and they're making a ton of money doing it. So he created a Twitter account to combat this behavior called Pick Pedant. Pick as in picture, pedant as in someone who's really concerned with minor details. Full disclosure, in the course of reporting this story, we realized that no one really knows how to pronounce that word. Do you pronounce it pedant or pedant? Uh, pedant. Ooh, uh, pedant. I hope pedant. I hope I haven't been saying it really snootily. Um, hey, Laura, can you do me a favor? Go to a website that has one of those pronouncers for the word. Pedant. Ooh, pedant. pedant. Oh my gosh, I have been saying Okay, pick pedant. Pick pedant. <laughs> I, uh, all right. Can you give me an example of egregious Photoshop jobs that you have corrected on your Twitter account? Well, the most popular one that comes up almost daily is Solar Eclipse from Space. And it's a popular deviant art digital rendering. It's just a picture of Earth from orbit with a Photoshopped moon and sun in eclipse and a shadow cast over the Earth and the Milky Way in the background. It's pretty clearly photoshopped. I'm looking at it right now, and it looks very, very fake to me. You can tell. Anyway, it gets passed around a lot as solar eclipse seen from the space station or solar eclipse seen from the space shuttle or just solar eclipse seen from space. And it's totally not. It's a lovely artistic rendition of such, but it's not what it gets passed around as and frequently retweeted as. Your desire to correct the internet record is absolutely pure. I mean, you you have 8,000 followers. It's not like you have enough followers that you would be doing any affiliate marketing. It's just a labor of love for you, right? Maybe it's more a labor of hate. I don't know. But, um, it, it's, uh, you know, because I hate seeing these horrible captions which keep getting things wrong. But at the same time, I know I'm just talking at a queue of scraped Reddit and imager posts. So I do want to raise awareness that every picture has a story. Every picture has a photographer or an artist behind it. And 
at some point, I'd like to make bank off this. I just have no idea how. I am not a money-minded person. I'm a great pedant. I'm a horrible businessman. <laughs> I really like your passion, you know? Well, you know, it's, it's making me more cynical by the minute, and I'm not sure how much longer I can continue it, but apparently 8,000 people are depending on me, so i got to keep going. So what Paolo's doing is great. I was curious about people who are doing what Paolo does, but as a job, on a professional level, because I think you can hear a sense that maybe eventually the sort of tide of falsehoods will overwhelm him, and he'll just have to quit the internet. So I wanted to talk to Adrian LaFrance, because she started doing this column for Gawker. It's called Antiviral, which is pretty good, where she just sort of highlights whatever the recent hoaxes and lies are, and does what people often don't do, which is to sort of pick up the phone and try to verify stuff. I think I'm better honing my ability to immediately realize when something's obvious baloney. And then when I'm wrong and it turns out to be true, I'm sort of surprised at this point. That's a, that's a bit of a strange place to be in. What was one that you were like, oh, definitely a hoax, and then it was real? There was this really charming, inspiring letter that a seven-year-old girl apparently had written to Lego about how Lego wasn't making toys that represented girls doing cool adventures and, like, scientific experiments and whatever. It seemed too good to be true. I mean, it was, like, this really strongly worded, charming letter. And I, I thought, you know, the message is great no matter what, but it didn't just didn't seem like something that was legit. And I contacted Lego, and they verified they did indeed receive this letter from a family. And I talked to someone who knew the family. And the family didn't want to talk, but the person who knew the family vouched for them. And so it seemed like, in fact, okay, seven-year-olds are remarkable. And this girl did do this great thing, which is great. So it's kind of a happy ending. <laughs> Have you felt like that there's an audience for it, that at least some people are as curious about truth as they are about just, like, a good story? I mean, I think, like, fellow journalism-y type nerds like me, definitely. But I've also seen, you know, some people on Facebook kind of sharing the column maybe as, like, a rebuttal to someone who's just sharing blatantly false information. And, of course, I get a kick out of that. Like, I hope that's how people will use it. But I think, as humans, we probably care more about stories and storytelling than truth on some level. You're always going to be like a niche thing a little bit, right? Like the truth market's always going to be smaller than the story market. Right. I think that at the same time, if you can get people to stumble upon it and they start to think about the way they consume information differently, we're having to train people to be a little bit more nuanced in this digital age. And I think that's going to make everybody smarter, actually. Do you sometimes feel at a certain point like there's something unfun about being the person? Like you're like kind of like the the mom or something. Guys, I know it's fun to believe this. I, just, I don't think this is true. I'm sorry. Honestly, I think the truth is cooler than believing a lie. So this just shows how, you know, abnormal I am probably. But I know I, I don't feel like it's I'm a spoil sport. I feel like it's like, hey, guess what? I found truth for us guys. So PJ, if 2014 is in fact the year of the viral debunk, the foot soldiers in this war on falsehoods are probably going to look like Adrienne LaFrance. But it, it's a little early to tell whether she's a bellwether or an outlier. Okay. But Alex, for you and me, we've been trying not to do hoax stories every week. What do we do with our hoax ban now? I think the hoax ban should be reinstated. This feels like a new development, watching people like Adrian and Paolo rally for truth on the internet. But until something amazing happens, there's so much more out there for us to discover. So let's... Uh... There's so much more out there for us to discover. That's beautiful. Sorry to make fun of you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no more um, 
That is the end. That was it. <laughs> TLDR was produced this week by The Silver Woman, uh, who's sitting right next to me, and me, PJ Vogt. Our executive producer, who is sitting in England right now, is Katia Splodgers. Our engineer is the defocalizer, Jen Munson. We had more help from Kimbo Skimbo. Our theme song is by the mysterious, delirious Breakmaster Cylinder. You can find plenty more at tldr.onthemedia.org, where there's a player that has all of our old episodes on the right-hand side, and there are new blog posts every weekday. We tweet at TLDR. We are TLDR. I've had it with this. This is a bum racket. I'm through with the internet forever. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.